Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. Good evening to everyone uh, in person and online. I am very excited tonight because I roped the amazing Amanda into a... being up here to share with me tonight. Uh, I'm excited about our topic, but I I don't get to speak with you very often, so it just, it makes it fun. As I was going over my notes, I'm like, ooh, this is an Amanda story. Ooh, this is an Amanda story. This is an Amanda, you know, at some point I should just have her up here, because then she can tell the stories and I can stay out of trouble. But, uh, but I want to actually share about, I think, we live in a world that is full of things that, of blessings that are supposed to help us, that are supposed to make life better and life easier. And some of them do, some of them don't, and some of them we don't use well. Does anyone have some kind of technology that's supposed to make your life easier that you don't use very well? Yeah. Or like you get a smartphone and you're like, this is great, I use it. And then you find somebody else who has the same phone and they're doing like 35 things on it you didn't know were possible. And you're like, your phone does that? And they're like, yeah, your phone does too. You're like, What? Or you get like some of these smart cars and they got like all these weird features. You're like, what does it do? It'll make you breakfast. Like what? Like it's just, I don't think any of them make breakfast, but they are all these crazy features. Sometimes I'm frustrated trying to sh- shut them off. I'm like, what? how do you not have an adaptive cruise? Like anyways, but as I was going through these, these lists of like all these things that are supposed to be so helpful, I'm like, is the most helpful thing, the Swiss army knife, the Leatherman, like what blessing is the least utilized. And when I thought about it, I was like, you know, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would be our helper. Yet most Christians, it's just something on a Christian checklist. Most of them don't utilize the gift that God gave. And so as I began looking at this, I realized that recognizing that you have something and knowing what to do with it are different. See, knowing that the Holy Spirit is for us is important. And we covered that a couple weeks ago. We learned that the promise is for us, for all those who would call on the name of the Lord, all those who were afar off. We learned that it was for those in the last days. That's us. But just knowing this isn't enough. When we first got married, we went to visit my father-in-law in Colorado. And in his, at one point in time, he'd been a contractor. His garage was full of tools, like incredibly full. But we flew there and he's like, I, I got tools to give you. And I'm like, I have tools to receive. <laughs> and so he's like, I'd send you with this and like offers me this really cool stuff. If you drove, I'm like, I didn't drive and I can't fit a miter saw in my, my carry-on. So he's like, well, what can you take? And he's all going through stuff. And he grabs this plastic triangle thing. And he's like, this is super important. You need this. I'm like, sweet, that'll fit in the bag. So he gifts me this plastic square thing. And I put it in my bag along with some other random stuff that was able to fit in my bag and not get me arrested going through security. So a couple years go by, and I think that has been in the collection of tools. And I decided to remodel my kitchen, uh, which I did not have a clue what I was doing. And my couple weekend project turned into like 12 weeks, but that's uh, 
another story. And I was really grateful for someone who decided to help me. And we get to a certain point in the, this project. He's like, do you have a speed square? He's like, it's an amazing, you know, I'm like, no. He's like, it's amazing. You need a speed square. Everybody who like, does these handy projects or builds anything needs a speed square. I'm like, I should buy one. And I am freely buying any tools this guy needs because he is helping me freely. So I'm like, this is great. We go to the hardware store to get a couple things, and he grabs this plastic doohickey off. And I'm like, I got one of those. <laughs> my father-in-law gave it to me. It's been sitting in my garage for a couple years now. And he's like, let me show you what this thing can do. And we're doing stuff and cutting the tile and doing all these different things with it. I'm like, this just made the job so much better. But it's been in my garage for years. I have built all sorts of random things. And this would have been so helpful. But so often we have something, but we don't know what to do with it. So we don't do anything with it. And that's where many Christians are with the Holy Spirit. They go, I got told by my pastor, it's important. And I said, give it to me. And then I let it collect dust. And then I never used it again. And I have it. I just don't know what to do with it. And I feel like that's where so many of us are. And when, when Jesus described the Holy Spirit, he said that he'd help us, teach us, remind us, guide us, empower us, give us boldness. He, uh, in Corinthians it lists these gifts that come with the Holy Spirit. Um, the gift of, uh, the utterance of wisdom, the utterance of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, various kinds of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. Now, when we hear this list, and if you want, if you're taking notes, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. A lot of times we get this like, ooh, it's this crazy stuff. Um, but part of that's because we just don't know what we're doing with it. And so we have this really handy tool that we were given, this really handy, helpful thing that we're like, I got it. I just don't know what to do with it. And so I wanted to talk about some of these. And I think the first thing to recognize, and I want to, this is kind of still recap from, but the manifestation of the Spirit are God's ability at work in and through us to see His will done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not this, check me out, I got a cool spiritual gift. It's, God goes, I want to help them, and if you're going to do it, you need this. You need this empowering so that you can do it. Um, last, I say last week, last week was Father's Day. The week before, we talked about prophecy, but we're going to start talking about um, a couple of the, the different ones, some of which my wife is an expert in. No, but she's... Not expert. Uh, flows freely in, frequently. But the word of wisdom, is, I think where we're going we're gonna to start, um, you go, well, what, what is a, the, the spiritual gift of the word of wisdom? Is that getting a good grade? No. Um, all for good grades, but just being smart is not the spirit... Um, gift of wisdom. But as I go through a bunch of these, if you're like, hey, I really have a plethora of questions, this is a great resource. This is The Holy Spirit and His Gifts by Kenneth E. Hagin. Um, this, is, this is literally a course that Rayma would do, and so you can get um, a ton from here, and if you have a lot of questions, I highly recommend this. But uh, he'd, he 
Courtesy, he defined it this way. It's a limited view of the future. It is, it is God giving you a glimpse of something that is going to happen, something that's going to come to pass. And, and you can see this like in Acts chapter 9, Paul has just been knocked off of his donkey. And when God showed up, he got blinded by the light as God spoke to him. And he gets taken to the city and he's just like hanging out. And an angel shows up to Ananias and says, hey, there's a man named Saul who's had a vision of Ananias coming to him and laying his hands on him and him being healed. What Saul had had was a word of wisdom. He got a glimpse of things that were going to come. Um, and this can be really cool. Um, sometimes this can be really basic and really helpful. And I think sometimes we get this idea that every time that God gives a word of wisdom, it looks the same. And it doesn't. Sometimes this comes as a vision. Sometimes this comes as a dream. Sometimes this comes like a voice. Sometimes this comes like an impression. And it can be different, and you can see it differently in and throughout your Bible. And sometimes it's conditional. Sometimes God, when Jonah gave a prophecy to Nineveh, he's like, you need to repent or Nineveh will be destroyed. The destruction that he prophesied was contingent on whether or not they would repent. So sometimes a word of wisdom is wonderful in that it can change what's going to come to pass. It can be a conditional thing. Like when I was in college, God gave me a word of wisdom, and it was probably not the one I wanted, but it was the one I got. It was like, it was between years, and I was kind of like figuring out, hey, what, what's going to happen? And God's like, go back, stretch and grow, or you'll snap. Um, it kind of leaves you wondering, what is coming next? But I was like, all right, I am determined. That means I better go stretch and grow. And it was a great year with lots of stretching and growing that came after that. But God can give you a glimpse of things that are to come that can help you guide through things. I am ready for you to share of the green fingers. <laughs> a couple years before Daniel and I met, I had a dream and the dream was super weird. It was one of those dreams where you're like, whoa, I ate pizza last night. This is weird. I just remember walking into this house that I'd never seen before. I come into the kitchen, and there is a man and a woman standing in the kitchen. And the woman has really long, pointy green fingers. And there is another woman at the table. There is someone sitting at the, what's that called? Like a, I don't know, a little section right in front of me. And then there was a boy sitting at the computer in the living room with his back to me. And I knew he was supposed to be my husband. And I was like, whoa, that's weird. So I remember telling my mom, I was like, mom, like, there's this weird dream. Like, this girl had super weird, long, green fingers. Like, what was that all about? You know, it's one of those, like, stood out enough that I needed to share it. Well, a couple years go by. Daniel and I meet. I don't even remember how long we'd been friends for at this point. But I... I'm at his house, we're eating lunch together with some people, and I go to the bathroom and I come out, and just as I'm walking out into the kitchen, Sam and Becca are standing there, and Becca has aloe vera plant taped to her fingers. 
and it's super long, and she's standing there like this, so it just looks, it looks exactly like my dream. And Jeannie is sitting at the table, my best friend is right in front of me at the little nook there, and then Daniel is at the computer with his back to me. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. I just remember saying like, I'll be right back. <laughs> I went into the garage and I called my mom. I'm like, do you remember the cream fingers? Do you remember the cream fingers? She's like, what? I'm like, the dream. I remember I had a dream and there were super long green fingers. She's like, oh yeah, that was weird. I'm like, it's aloe vera. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was, it, was, it was a crazy, crazy dream. Like you can't anticipate years in advance what the room will look like, who will be standing in there, and that your will-be sister-in-law will have just rope burned her hand so bad that she's going to put aloe vera plant on her fingers. That's not something you're going to make up. But it wasn't to be weird, but there was going to be a three-year gap between then and us dating and then getting married. And there was somebody else that was in great pursuit during those three years. But God gave her a glimpse of something to help guide and direct her and to give her perseverance in the time in between. And when God speaks, it is not wise to go tell everybody, oh, they guess what? Green fingers, I'm going to marry you. Okay, that's a bad approach. That's when you get weird. <laughs> yes. Um, and if someone did that to you, it's probably a good time to run. Um, or you respond with this, well, that's wonderful. I will let you know if God tells me. Um, I, we were having a conversation. She was trying to remember how many different guys said that God told them to marry her. In Bible college, it was kind of a thing. <laughs> I remember like standing in line waiting to go in to eat. <laughs> and some guy came up. He's like, I feel like the Lord said that you are supposed to be my wife. And I was like, uh, well, I, I didn't hear that. Sorry. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Like, what is that's making it freaky, man. So even when I had that dream, I remembered how I felt in Bible college. I'm like, I am not telling at all because I am not going to be that weirdo. If this is really from the Lord, it will happen later. (laughs) Um, And recognizing that just because God speaks it to you doesn't mean you have to tell everyone uh, is is an important thing, but these, these words of wisdom can guide you. And anytime that we get a word from God, we can take it back here. This is where we check it. And if, if it doesn't, um, if it contradicts us, we know it's not right. And if you look in here and you go, well, I don't know. I didn't find a chapter and verse on green fingers and, uh, and weddings. So I don't know. Then you can hold on to it. Um, and then don't go manipulating somebody else with it, but going, hey, if you believe that that's from God, then hold on to it and persevere. I mean, and they can be, these massive directional things for you, they can be something that's for somebody else. Three-ish weeks ago, we had a service, and um, one of the areas that I get to cover is online ministry, so I love, um, and you'll see me in service with my computer all the time typing away. There are people that are joining us from literally all around the world, and I get to have a, there's a team, and we get to meet people, greet people, pray with people online, and if you want to meet people, greet people online, and pray for them, let me know. Um, we'd love to expand the team. But a couple weeks ago, 
Uh, one of the guys got on who I knew from years ago, used to be here, and then um, he was a missionary in Mexico, and now he's living in like New Mexico. And he's been having some health challenges. And I, I was aware that he had health challenges, and I was aware of his story from before. And I remembered that like 20 years ago, he came to, to Resurrection Life Church insane. Uh, he was a paranoid schizophrenic who, whose mind was mostly lost courtesy of drugs. And in a moment during worship, he became sane and whole. And he got healed in that service, and it was amazing. And so as he was on, and we were in worship, and I I think he, I'm not sure if he'd even mentioned that time, or if it was the time before that he'd mentioned some of his struggle and the breathing issues that he'd been having and the battle. And I just felt like God just put it in my heart that just as he was healed in a moment in the service before, he was healed in a moment in this service. And I said it and I prayed for him. And that was what I heard then. Well, this morning he got on. And this morning he said, hey, since you prayed the that day on Facebook, the doctors say there's no more COPD and that they don't need to do surgery or put stents in my lungs and everything is healing. After seven months, I'm starting to live again. Praise God. Say, so when I got up last week to preach for the first time without an oxygen tank, the church rejoiced. It was amazing. There are, there are times when that word of wisdom comes to you for somebody else. And it becomes a point of contact for their faith. To lay hold of, all right, God sees me, God's healed me, it's done, boom. And he, what God had purchased for him was received and he was healed. So a word of wisdom is going forward. A word of knowledge is about what is or what has been when God reveals it to you. And when you go through these, all these gifts, you will find that the line between them is super muddy because it is the works of the Holy Spirit that we like tried to classify, but when you're working with the Holy Spirit, he doesn't go, oh, wait, 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 we're about to get into a different gift. I don't know if we can do that. So a word of wisdom may flow in conjunction with the word of knowledge that ends up turning into a prophecy and they all kind of often work together because it's the same Holy Spirit. And so sometimes we can get this like weird, well, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if that one's my gift. The Bible tells us to earnestly desire the gifts. You are desiring God, you are desiring to partner with him to see his will done on the earth, and you are filled and equipped by his Holy Spirit, and you want to see his will done, and whatever gifts that turns into, great. And when we get, if we get too stuck on, well, this is mine, and that one's not, then we limit what God wants to do in and through us. But when we go, God, use me, here I am, and you said that your Holy Spirit would equip me and empower me, and I want to be equipped and empowered and use me, then, <clears throat> then God can do amazing things in and through us. Like even with, I, I shared about Paul and Ananias, it was this mix because Saul, whose name gets changed to Paul, sorry if that confused anybody who doesn't know the story, uh, but He's there, and he has a word of wisdom going, this guy's going to come and pray for you. Ananias 
gets a word of knowledge saying that's what happened to him. He's sitting in a place that you're not with a word of wisdom about what you're going to do. And then, and so they, they begin to work in conjunction and he went and prayed for him and saw amazing, he, he saw him healed, he saw him equipped and empowered and impacting the world. Uh, one of the things that Jesus, that came up frequently, um, Jesus, th- th- this phrase, but this is Luke 6, 8, but Jesus knew what they were thinking. And this again is an area that we've had a lot of conversations because this is a gift that she's walked in, but for years thought that she was just weird. And there was a time where she didn't want to use the gift or operate in the gift because she didn't know if it was okay. She didn't know if the gift was in the Bible. We started talking about it. I'm like, Jesus did this all the time. It doesn't matter if anyone else did it. Jesus is a great role model. (laughs) It really helps when you think about Jesus said, you can do what I did and greater. Then even if there's not a classification or an understanding of where that fits in the giftings, if Jesus did it, then it's not as freaky as it may feel in the moment. <laughs> um, and you, you go through, the book of, the book of uh, Revelation was a word of, um, okay, that was a, a, mostly a word of wisdom and, and knowledge that kind of mixed in there. But you, you talked about just um, going places and this being active. What was that kind of like for you and what did that look like and how did that translate into practical terms? So at first it was overwhelming. I would be, would have a lot to do with just being near people. So if I went to the mall, for instance, and someone would walk by me, I would like feel for the person. I'd be like, oh, she's going through something really intense. Like I can feel her pain. I can feel that she's stressed. I can feel that she's upset. And it just, I'm like, why, why would I feel, I don't know her. I don't understand. What does this mean? Like, am I, Am I a freak? You know, like, do I need to go to the circus? And, like, I don't understand what, what to do with this. And when I would tell somebody, like, oh, like, every time somebody comes near me, I feel like I feel what they're feeling. I feel like I know what they're going through. And people are like, well, that's weird. I'm like, well, that's kind of what I thought. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> and I remember sitting at a restaurant with a friend, and he had invited one of his friends from high school, who I'd never met before, and we're sitting and talking. He gets up and goes to the bathroom and comes back at some point. And we go to leave, and he's driving me home. And so I'm asking him some questions. I'm like, oh, has she um, had this bad thing happen in her life? Has she dealt with this issue? Is she feeling suicidal and depression? Is she? And he's like, whoa, did you guys talk about all of that while I was in the bathroom? Like, I swear, it only took me two minutes. And I was like, no, we didn't talk about any of that. And he's like, then how would you know all about her life? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Why do I know these things? Why am I feeling these people's pain? Why do I know what they're going through? And nobody could explain to me. They were just like, I don't know. I guess you're just different. (laughs) I guess you're weird. And so what I would do with that is I would just pray about it. And I'd just say, okay, God, be with her. Love on her. Help her to know that she, you're with her and that you're for her and not against her. Because I didn't know what else to do. So, and I love to pray. So I would just intercede all the time whenever I would have these thoughts or these feelings or whenever I would know something about someone. Occasionally, I'd really feel like I needed to go and talk to them about it. And I would go and I would, you know, ask, like, hey, what are, 
have you been going through X, Y, Z? And they're like, yeah. Like, well, God wants you to know that he loves you and he sees you. Because I didn't know what else to do with it. And nobody else seemed to know what I was talking about. So I was like, well, it feels loving to say you're seen. So here we go. No, but it's, it's a powerful thing. And it's, we, we often forget that when God wants to move on the earth, he uses people. And so sometimes when God goes to use us, we're like, what are you doing? And God's like, I want to love on this person. And you're like, great, do it. He's like, that's what I'm doing. And you're like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm sending you. Go, shoot, go, go love them. Go hug them. Go pray for them. I want to move in their life. And it's easy for us to be like, well, then do it. And he's like, so partner with me. Pray for them so that there can be divine intervention. Speak to them so they can hear my words of love. There are so many people who don't think that God cares that are waiting for someone to speak. God's trying to speak to them and they're like, I got my my earbuds in, I got my, my noise cranking. They're waiting for somebody to be the mouthpiece of God to speak to them. And that doesn't look like, <clears throat> thus saith the Lord. Oh, I have a word of knowledge for you. Yesterday at 3 p.m. Like, no, like, that's weird. Like, when we give it, it's, hey, do you know that God loves you? Let's pray. And and learning to not put yourself on a pedestal, but just to realize that this is a God's opportunity to flow through you to touch somebody. Going, hey, I I was praying for you. Hey, as we were talking felt like you may have been through some stuff. Hey, feel like that you may have been struggling. Have you been, like, I love your words. Have you perchance been struggling with A, B, C, and D? Are you going through it right now? And they're like, yeah. God loves you and God sees you and God wants to minister you to you right where you're at. And it can become this powerful moment for someone to encounter God through us. And God said he wants to partner with us. He calls us. He Before he left, his departing thing was the Great Commission sending us to be his hands and feet. Sending us out to preach the kingdom. And sometimes it is directed towards others. Sometimes God will give you a word of knowledge that is for you about your situation. Uh, I remember my brother, a while back, everybody in his house started getting sick. And they kept getting sick. And they kept getting sick. And he was, he's he's a pastor, he's spiritual enough, he's like, all right, God, maybe it's the devil. He's binding the devil and rebuking the devil and praying, and they kept getting sick. They're coughing up blood. They were super sick. And they're trying to figure it out. And then he goes to God in prayer and just felt like God spoke to him and said, go open up and clean the dehumidifier. Or not dehumidifier, the humidifier. He was wanting healing, but he's like, all right, I'll go clean the humidifier. Like, what I want's over here, but I'm going to just take this uh, obedience. And he goes, takes the humidifier, and opens it up to clean it and discovers that inside it's filled with black mold. He didn't clean it. He threw it away. And everyone got better. God gave him a word of knowledge that was a, 
about what he needed, but was not something he was going to come to on his own. I remember praying. We had a fan that broke, ish. It wouldn't work in our house in Jenison, and I was so annoyed. And I am handy enough to be dangerous, not that knowledgeable in all the trades, but enough to get my hands into things. And so, you know, it was a little bit complicated. There was a light switch on both sides of the the room for the same thing, but you go through and you're like, it won't turn on or the light wouldn't work. Then I'm like, well, the fan won't work. Like, okay, this switch won't work. This switch won't work. And I got some testers. So I like started taking things apart and I'm like, all right, well, I don't think I've got power at this switch. Don't have power at this switch. And so you go check the breakers and none of the breakers are off. And I'm all like, I messed around everywhere in this, and I'm just about ready to call in for reinforcements, a.k.a. landing uh, electric. But uh, I was praying and drove to church, and all of a sudden, while I'm on my way to church, I see and just felt like I was like, there's a GFI, a ground fault outlet in the garage. Okay, there is no logical explanation for that light and fan to be on the same circuit and on the return side of the circuit from a GFI in the garage because the power had to run past them and should not... Anyways, why they wired it this way, God alone knows. But he he knew and he told me and I was able to navigate the problem that I was facing in life because God wants to speak today. And sometimes we're like, someone goes, oh, that's just, you know, that's just God speaking. But we don't do believe in words of knowledge. We think that that all is like for way back when. When God gives you information about what it's needed, that, that's what they call it. And you look like you're, you're ready to share one. Oh, you had your mic going up and down. I'm ready. Go for it. Just, have you ever heard of mom's intuition? A lot of times that's the Holy Spirit. God loves kids. And I think about the, how many times, like my, my kids are alive because of the Holy Spirit. The amount of times all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will be like, go into the kids' room right now. Remember one time I was sitting on the couch, I don't know what I was doing, probably folding clothes or something, and I felt in my spirit to go to the kids' room now. So I jump up and I just run in just in time to catch one of my kids, little like a two-year-old, jumping off the top bunk. <laughs> yeah, like... That's the Holy Spirit speaking to us. You know, it's easy to think, oh, it's creepy, but when you think of it as an intuition, a lot of times, for whatever reason, it's easier to swallow to think, oh, oh yeah, sometimes I have this feeling that I need to do something. That's the Holy Spirit nudging you. And it's not freaky when you just think of, oh, he wants to help us. He loves us. He likes us. We're supposed to do life with him. You know, the Bible talks about how people will have said they healed in his name and done all of these things, but he'll say, oh, sorry, I didn't know you. But when we know him, that's when he's able to speak to us and he can tell us every little thing that even seems silly. Now when, I mean, throughout my parenting adventure, I'll call it, we, whenever I hear the Holy Spirit say anything, I am up and at it immediately because who knows who's jumping off the top bunk or what's going to happen. And all the time the Holy Spirit will lead and guide just with those little unctions or those feelings or that something's wrong, I need to do this right now. 
And if we can listen to that and recognize that that is a gifting and that it's not, doesn't need to be intimidating, it's something that we can walk in. And when we seek him and listen, and here's this thing. When you hear God and you listen, you hear him better. When you hear God and you ignore him, you hear him less. Does anyone walk around barefoot? Are there any benishes in the room? Okay, Uh, so here's what you discover. If you walk barefoot, in the spring, everything hurts. You go to walk across and you're like, oh, something poked me, something poked me. By the fall, you're like walking across, they're like, oh, you're on the gravel. Oh. Because through a series of ignoring the poking, your body has responded by coming calloused. And now you no longer feel these different things poking you. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 8 says, If you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. And talks about um, some stuff with the Israelites. When we hear God speak and we refuse to listen, it becomes harder and harder to hear. But the faster that we say, God, I'm sorry for the, the times I haven't listened, God, speak to me. And when he does, we go, oh. Or we go, I feel like I should check this. I feel like I should call, call this person. I, I can't tell how many times, I'm like, I feel like I should call this person. And they're like, oh, I can't believe you called me right now. Okay, what's up? <laughs> like, and and where God will guide and direct and a ministry moment can happen. And it doesn't always look like a stranger. You live at this address. It can look like, I just felt like I was supposed to call you. Oh, I'm going through it right now. And sometimes they'll recognize it and they'll speak it and they'll be like, you called me right when I need it. Other times they're sitting here and they're like, um, they're like putting away the gun because you just saved their life. And they say nothing to you. There are some times you will know why when it's all said and over, and there are other times where you won't know this side of eternity what God just used you for. But when we go, God, I'm willing. God, will you speak through me? God, will you use me? Will you guide me and direct me? God wants to guide us and direct us to be his mouthpiece, to be his hands and his feet on the earth. Anything else you want to say on that one before we step into the next one? It's just all led by love and remembering that. Daniel touched on making sure that you doesn't bring in haughtiness or this, look at me, I'm amazing. But it's to guide us into compassion and love to help people and to bring them closer to God. You'll see constantly throughout the Gospels, and Jesus was moved with compassion. That he looked at people and he saw people with love. And when we see people with God's love, then you want to operate in the gifts because the gifts allow you, allow God's power to flow through you. See, a mailman's job is to deliver something. He doesn't create the delivery, but his job is to take it from point A and deliver it to point B. If he goes, you know what, I am feeling lazy today, and he doesn't deliver it, he's going to lose his job. But he's not the one who doesn't get blessed. 
I guess in the long run, he might not get blessed because he was going to lose his job. But right up front, he's robbing you of what somebody else sent you if he just goes home with all of his packages. Right? A lot of us don't realize that we're part of the mail delivery service for the Lord. That he goes, oh, I wanted to touch that person at your work. That person at your work that's depressed, that person at your work who's been limping all week or is bent over because there's a pain in his back, I wanted someone to pray for him, and so I gave you a word of what he was going through. I, looked, I gave you a compassion for him because I want you to reach out and to pray for him because I want to heal him. And, and when we, we realize that I'm part of what God wants to do, that God wants to do something, then it takes some of the pressure off of me going, oh, do I have to perform this? Like, no, I am part of what God wants to do. I get to do my part. Um, distinguishing between spirits is the next one. And that one's awesome. Um, and it's got several different applications. Uh, there is the cool side. Throughout your New Testament, you'll see spots... Anytime that you see angels um, or demons, they would call it the distinguishing of spirits when you can see into the spirit realm. But also, and you'll see that in um, Acts 22, Acts 27. You'll see it all over in Acts. Um, Paul looks at somebody in Acts chapter 16 and goes, here's the spirit that's behind you. Here's what's motivating you. Um, and, and there can be a spot where God can give you discernment into what is behind things and what is motivating them, or yeah, you 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 walk in this one as well all the time. A lot of it again comes down to I feel like protection and God leading and guiding and protecting His people as well. So distinguishing between spirits can sometimes be like at one point I had we had a volunteer years ago, and I just told Daniel, I said, you need to go talk to that person. There is something wrong. It's not okay. It's a huge deal. I need you to go handle it. And he's like, okay. <laughs> what do I say? I'm like, I don't know, but <laughs> you got to do something. So he goes and he talks to the person, and he's, you know, trying to minister to them, trying to pull out, like, what, it, what is going on? What is this almost, like, demonic feel that I feel when I'm around this person? And I think you had them step back from the ministry and just kind of take a break. And it was within a couple of weeks we had somebody talk to us about exactly what was going on. And I was like, ah, I'm so glad we were able to protect others from that situation. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can look like, I just don't feel like I'm supposed to take this job. I don't have a really a great reason for it. It seems fine, but I don't have a peace. I feel like I just, I shouldn't. And I don't know why. And that can be your spirit recognizing there's something off. You feel like it's going to be good, but the Holy Spirit's saying, it's not. Run. Stay away. Or it can be the exact opposite, where it's like, this doesn't seem like a very beneficial position. I'm going to be making less money. I'm going to be doing less than I expected. But you feel this pull to it. You're like, oh, I, just, I feel like I need to do this. Like God is saying, like, this is what I need to do. I just feel this peace about it. And then you'll discover later, like, oh, wow, 
Like, this worked out exactly the way I needed it to. God has blessed me through this. God has provided for me when I didn't think it could be possible. And sometimes you know what you're saved from by later figuring out what the situation was about. And other times you, you won't know. Uh, we were going to go to Disney World once, and we had everything planned. Somebody gave us free tickets and was going to show us around. And uh, I think it was the night before, I was like, I really feel like we're not supposed to go. And he's like, okay, then we don't. He's, he's so good at just being like, well, if the Holy Spirit says it, then just don't do it. And I'm like, but, but, are you, but I don't have a good reason. <laughs> and he's like, but that doesn't matter. If you really feel like you're not supposed to do something, don't do it. And we didn't. And I have no idea why. <laughs> I, I still don't know. But I didn't have a piece about it, so we didn't go. And it's just some of those things. It's like learning, and sometimes it takes practice. Sometimes I do things, and I'm so grateful I get to know the why behind it, because then I'm like, okay, I wasn't crazy. Like, I did hear from the Lord. It did work out in the end, or I did discover what this person had going on in their life that was wrong that I needed to protect my kids from or protect other people from. Yeah, and recognizing that, like, and kind of bends off of the distinguishing between spirits, but just when, when God gives you a direction, God gives you guidance and wisdom. If there was going to be someone going to run a red light and you didn't go because God told you not to, you are never going to hear about it because you weren't there. And, and sometimes you'll find some people who are like, you know what, they know because they were about to step onto a plane or a train that crashes and you hear about it, and you're like, oh, look, I was going to be on that plane. That's why God told me not to go. But there are so many different encounters that could happen that if God guides and directs you, and you see nothing, you're like, I don't know why. That's okay. You're still alive. And, and that's a wonderful thing, and you don't know what it is that God um, was, was warning you for, but recognizing that God wants to guide you, and that God can guide you even when it's going, all right, God, what am I praying against? Am I praying against demonic opposition here or do I need to throw away the humidifier? I know of, uh, uh, heard about another pastor who was having trouble breathing at night and he was binding and rebuking the devil and he went through everything and he fasted and he prayed and bound and rebuked the devil and finally God told him to take the blankets off his head. He was just tucking in nice and cozy underneath there and suffocating himself. So he took the blankets off and he breathed fine. It wasn't the devil. It was him. That's what's so good about God is he likes us and he loves us. Sometimes we can get caught up in like that man, like he's fasting and praying and really believing it was the devil, but he forgot to stop and ask, God, what's going on? And sometimes we just need to pause and say, okay, God, like for me, all the different things I have felt or known, one of my number one things I do is I say, okay, God, why? Why, why do I need to know this? A lot of times it's just because I need to intercede and there's nothing really to do. Sometimes it's because I need to tell somebody in their life that can go and check up on them. Or sometimes I need to be the one to check up on them. There are so many different reasons, but there isn't a one plus one equals two kind of equation to make it work. Every time it's going to God and saying, okay, Lord, what do you say now? Now what do I do with this information? I think part of my goal for tonight was to bring some of these different gifts 
before you and go, these are real, these are active. If, you're in, if God's moving you, on you in these ways, that's great. Don't be weirded out or freaked out. If God's never moved in you in any of these ways, that's okay. First, have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Secondly, have you asked? And I, I can't tell you how many times I've been in spots and they're like, have you ever used this gift? And you're like, I don't know. And then they get talking and someone's like, oh yeah, this is when I did this. And I'm like, oh yeah, I did that like five times. When they first asked, I'm like, no, never. And then they start describing it. You're like, oh yeah, God did speak to me about this. They're like, when was the last time you gave a prophetic word? I'm like, oh, I don't know. And then they start thinking about it. Like, oh, it's been two days. And they're like, why? Well, it wasn't this big, weird, creepy thing. And sometimes we try to put God in this like creepy box or in this like extravagant only box where it's like, hey, there was this, this man of God and God was using him on a really heavy level. And I remember hearing about a pastor who um, someone stole some stuff at their church and the pastor was out of town and this was before the video conferencing and he called in to say like, say something to the church from another country and he was talking and he's like, hey, oh, and God just told me the guy who robbed the stuff is sitting in the, the, this row wearing this color shirt. Describe the location and the apparel of the person who'd, who'd robbed them. And they were able to then sort it after being called out, the guy confessed and, and all of that. And it, and it can be grand, but sometimes when we see that, we're like, that's it. That's what it looks like. And God goes, I can do that, but I just want you to walk up to your neighbor and tell them that they're seen. I just want you to go check on that person because I put it on your heart that they're feeling suicidal and they just need to know so that somebody cares. I just want you to call this person right now. Why? I need to call them because right now they're struggling. Right now, the word of knowledge for you is go get groceries and drop them off there because they need it. I think if people hadn't done that, I wouldn't have a wife. I think you've survived on, on, on people who got a word from God and followed it. And it can be so simple. And sometimes we make it so complicated that we miss what God wants to do in and through us. And if we recognize that God's Holy Spirit is at work and he wants to equip us and empower us to be his hands and feet and being his hands and the, his feet on our end is actually simple. It's going and going, God, I am willing. Go ahead and use me. God, I'm listening. Go ahead and speak through me. See, we do the natural. God does the supernatural. We can lay our hands on him. God gets to heal. It's this amazing thing. But time just warped. So I want to give you an opportunity. If you don't know my Jesus who wants to be at work in people's lives right now, I want to give you an opportunity to know him. And if you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you're like, I want the Holy Spirit to be in me, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, equipped and empowered to be um, God's hands and feet, I will give you an opportunity for that here in just a minute. But can I get everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes? If you're here and you say, today I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life, Today, I want to be right with God. Maybe you just have not been living for God. 
And you go, today, I want to start living for God. I want to, um, I want to be in a relationship with him. Then when I say three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Every head bowed, every eye closed. One, two, three. Raise up your hand. Say, that's me. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Awesome. Who else says that's me? All right, most important decision that anybody ever makes. We're going to say a simple prayer. And the Bible says, whoever calls in his name will be saved. So go ahead and repeat it for me. Say, God, thank you for loving me, even when I make mistakes. I'm sorry for my sin. I believe that you died and rose again, that your blood was shed for me. I choose to live for you. I declare that you are my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.